You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Don't forget, Locked On Patriots is not only a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, but we are also free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So be sure to smash that subscribe button. Also, download and follow Locked On Patriots wherever you get your podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Fan Nation. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on X at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there showing some social media love to Locked On Patriots, please be sure to follow their account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And Pats fans, as you can see, we are not in the usual Locked On studios today bringing you this episode from an unexpected occasion, but fear not. We will be back in the studios later, and we will have a special Friday evening weekend episode with our very good friend. Thomas Murphy will be joining me. Folks, you will not want to miss that. We're going to be talking draft. We're going to be talking Patriots future, coaching staff, and yeah, we're going to dabble into a little bit of what I'm going to be discussing here today, and that is the review of the first two episodes of The Dynasty. And before we get into the review, Pats fans, I want to take you back in time a bit today to the late spring, early summer of 2000. Yeah, hard to believe it's been 24 years. I still can't wrap my mind around that. But in any case, shortly after being drafted by the New England Patriots at number 199 in the sixth round, a wide-eyed yet confident rookie chased down the hallway and caught up with team owner Robert Kraft at the top of the stairway in the old Foxborough Stadium. And young man introduced himself and said, Mr. Kraft, my name is Tom Brady. Robert Kraft looked back at him and said, I know who you are. You're our sixth-round draft choice out of Michigan. Brady looked at him and said, that's right. I'm going to be the best decision your organization has ever made. Folks, if there's a catalyst for the Patriots dynasty, that moment may have been it. And that's just one of the recounted stories in the long-awaited debut episodes of the dynasty. Of course, folks, we're talking about that 10-part Apple TV Plus docuseries directed by Emmy-nominated Matthew Hamachek. Earlier this week, I had the good fortune of sitting down for a one-on-one -on -one with Matthew. If you haven't checked that episode out yet, folks, definitely check that out. It's on the Locked On Patriots feed. Great insight from the director himself. And of course, this work was based on the critically acclaimed New York Times bestselling book by author Jeff Benedict. And Jeff is also a friend of the program, guest of Locked On Patriots back in 2020 when the book was released. Pats fans, I can tell you without hesitation, this documentary is everything you've been hoping for and more. The glory days of the Super Bowl championships have yet to arrive in these first two episodes, but you're going to see the seedlings for New England's forthcoming success. And the first episode runs about 42 minutes, second episode slightly under. So they're not long episodes. You can definitely binge this series when it's finally released in its entirety. But checking out the first two won't take you a whole lot of time. I highly recommend it if you can this weekend.
Again, the first episode titled The Breakup Plan really centers around Robert Kraft purchasing the team and Drew Bledsoe's near fatal injury. And folks, I don't exaggerate when I say near fatal. This definitely was a scary moment for Drew, his family, and the Patriots organization. But it also gives birth to the rise of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and showing how this team was now going to be operated under a new regime. The second helping, as I like to call it, focuses on the snowball. And some are going to derisively call it the tuck rule game out there. But either way, you and I both know it's a Patriots victory, and you're not going to want to miss some of the pearls of wisdom dropped in this one. And like I said to open the show today, this documentary definitely delivers. As you may have deduced from my interview with Matthew, if you checked it out earlier this week, this docuseries is an in-depth look at the Patriots dynasty like we've never seen before. You're going to see candid interviews. You're going to see a lot of raw emotion. And you're going to see a few surprises, and I'm going to share a couple with you today. I've been granted the privilege of getting an advanced look at the entire series. And folks, from start to finish, it is riveting. It keeps you wanting more, and you can't ask for anything more when you're watching a docuseries like this. One piece of caution I will advise all of you as you watch the Dynasty over the coming weeks. Please, do not read a single quote, hear a single snippet, react to an individual tweet, and think that you know the entire context behind the episode or behind the entire docu-series as a whole. Those quotes, those tweets, those postings that you're seeing circulating all around, I'm sure you've seen them, you're going to continue to see them all weekend long, they're designed for one thing and one thing only. That's to engage you. It's to get you to click. It's to get you to argue. All well and good. It's a lot of fun to have sports arguments as long as you keep them professional and don't make them personal. It's part of what we do. But I will tell you, before you take something you read on a tweet as gospel, before you decide what Robert Kraft really meant by that comment or what Tom Brady's body language is trying to tell you, take the entire episode under account. You may not be able to gain an informed opinion until the entire documentary is completely viewed. I know, it's tough waiting sometimes, but believe me, it's the most respectful way to enjoy this series it really is the most respectful when it comes to all parties involved. And folks, it'll make you a more intelligent and more well-rounded fan when speaking about this documentary for years and years to come. Make no mistake about it, folks. People will be talking about this documentary for a long time. And with that, let's dive right into the Dynasty. My thoughts on Episode 1 of the Dynasty when this edition of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Locked on listeners, are you the kind of drivers that like to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and for great escapes. Their class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant, and you can call on it for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. And Nissan doesn't stop there. Oh, no, folks. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and an advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing capability, when adventure calls, 
the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Pats fans, thank you for joining me here today on this episode one, episode two review show of the Dynasty, the Patriots 10-part docuseries currently streaming right now on Apple TV+. Plus. You can catch episode one and episode two if you have Apple TV+. Plus. Folks, if you don't, it is definitely worth it to sign up for this documentary alone. There's a lot of great content on there. We can talk about that another day, but... Bottom line, this docuseries is one Patriots Nation has been waiting for. And episode one dives right in, titled The Backup Plan. Yeah, you can probably see the direction that this one was going to. But we begin in the aftermath of a 24-17 Week 10 loss to the St. Louis Rams back in November 2001. Only in his second year as Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick made perhaps the most controversial, but definitely the most prolific decision this organization has ever seen. And I think it's important to remember that context because we're not talking about the guy we all know and love right now. This is long before the fame. This is long before those Dunk Kings commercials. He was just a second-year quarterback at the time. That's right. I'm talking about Tom Brady sporting a 4-4 four and four record through eight starts. Bill Belichick comes out and says he's going to be our guy. He's going to remain the Patriots starter at 5-5, five and five, even though they had lost that game against the St. Louis Rams. Now, prior to that game, Drew Bledsoe was medically cleared to play. Tom Brady was still the starter. And believe me, Bill Belichick went through a lot for that. And we're going to see a little bit more about just how much Bill Belichick went through in the subsequent episodes. But I think Robert Kraft put it eloquently when he said the decision was about to determine the fate of football in New England for the next 20 years. And it did. It defined an era of excellence. And say what you will, it wasn't a popular decision at the time not even with Kraft himself, who really does emerge as the star of the first episode, or at least the focal point. The backup plan begins with some 1994 news footage of a then 52-year-old Robert Kraft, keep in mind he's 82 now, folks, purchasing the team from businessman James Orthwine for $172 million. Now, recently, in 2023, Forbes magazine did an evaluation of the Patriots valued at $7 billion. Yeah, you want to talk about return on investment? Robert Kraft is very good at that, folks. He is excellent at that. And at the time, though, $172 million was the highest price paid for a professional sports team. And from the outset, you start to see Kraft being portrayed as the local savior, the hands-on owner that's determined to forge a winning culture for a team that really knew little else but defeat for much of its existence. You see him glad-handing the Patriots fans. He's getting the thumbs up from the fan base on the way into work in the parking lot. Make no mistake about it, folks. I don't mean this derisively. None of this dynasty is possible without Robert Kraft. His buying the team and keeping them from becoming the St. Louis Stallions. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable, folks. That's exactly what this team was going to be called if Orthwine got his way and moved the team to St. Louis. But Robert Kraft kept them here. He had a vision and he saw it through to fruition. You absolutely 100% have to give him his props for that. But there was one thing I have to admit struck me as being a little bit surprising, maybe even a little conspicuous by his absence, the Patriots' tenure under coach Bill Parcells. And I was surprised by that. Don't forget, folks, this is a four-year period in which the Patriots earned a 500 record, 
two playoff appearances, a 10 and 6 regular season finish in 1994, and an 11 and 5 finish in 96, which included an AFC championship and a berth in Super Bowl 31. I understand that marriage between Parcells and the Patriots didn't end well. The Patriots fan in me may never fully forgive Bill Parcells for how things ended in 96 97 when he went off to the Jets, but it was a big part of this team's rise. And for it not to be at least even mentioned, just struck me as being a little bit odd. But once again, comes back to Kraft, and you really see his approach and why he's known as taking an active interest in his players. One thing that I thought was very heartwarming, and I also believe was told very well, was the relationship, the close relationship that he had with Drew Bledsoe. That was a common theme throughout this episode, and I thought Bledsoe's story was admirably told. This is a kid that came in as a number one draft pick in 1993, face of the franchise, turned a lot of things around, and really gave Patriots fans a reason to believe. And you see this with Kraft as well, the admiration he develops for Drew Bledsoe. His confidence continues to grow year after year. And one of the more heart-wrenching parts of this initial episode was Robert Kraft's emotional recollection of seeing Drew Bledsoe in his hospital bed after sustaining a potentially lethal injury at the hands of Mo Lewis against the New York Jets in week two in the 2001 season. He talks about the weight of 9-11 still being fresh on everyone's shoulders. Don't forget, 9-11, September 11th, this game took place on the 23rd. It was still very much on the minds, in the hearts of every American, not just here in Patriots Nation. And then for your quarterback to suffer an extremely serious injury, one that saw blood filling his lung, and in the words of his treating physician, could have been fatal if he didn't get medical assistance when he did. And Robert Kraft said it, and you can hear the voice cracking a little bit when he says, words can't explain just how hard that really was. He was like a son to me. And this is the type of relationship that Robert Kraft has forged with a lot of his players. One of the big reasons why he is one of the most beloved owners in the NFL. But for as much as the story focuses on the relationship between Kraft and Bledsoe and Bledsoe and the fan base, I think it's fitting that it quickly pivots and it pivots from Bledsoe's injury to Brady's journey toward becoming Patriots starting quarterback. And I really think Matthew did an amazing job here of using archival footage, showing where Tom Brady lived, purchasing his first condo from Ty Law, which really has a funny exchange. I don't want to ruin it for you, folks. I want you guys to watch it. It's a lot of fun. You're going to really love this one. And then gradually rounding into the player that he ended up becoming. I thought it was also interesting that you saw practice footage from Brady. And not to put too fine a point on it, folks, but you saw him mess up more than you saw him succeed. And a lot of his teammates were saying this as well. Teddy Bruschi would kind of chuckle to himself and say, look, the kid, he's trying out there. I don't know about him, but he's giving it everything he got. A former backfield tandem of Ty Law and Lawyer Malloy going out to dinner with Brady and Brady saying, I'm not going to give this back up. And the two of them kind of looking at each other and going, okay, kid, yep, you go do your thing. And then when Brady turns his back, they're like, yeah, when Drew comes back, this is Drew's team. He's getting back in there. Brady never, ever faltered in his confidence in himself. He was determined to make sure that his shot was his shot. And I think this episode did a good job of outlining how Brady had to win over his teammates. Teddy Bruschi was quoted as saying, if any Patriots players on that team says that they knew from day one that Tom was going to lead them to a Super Bowl, he basically said that's BS. And Teddy said the word right out, folks. That's the type of adversity Tom Brady had to overcome. His confidence, his perseverance rapidly began to earn him the respect of his teammates. And you also see that his on-field success started to validate Bill Belichick's polarizing choice to stay with him 
once Bledsoe was medically cleared to resume playing. And this is when the episode pivots to Bill Belichick. They show a clever juxtaposition of Belichick's decision to cut Bernie Kosar when he was head coach of the Cleveland Browns and the consequences that resulted from that. And folks, this documentary pulls no punches on those consequences. It actually shows a Bill Belichick dummy being hanged in effigy for cutting Bernie Kosar. You know, sometimes I think we forget all the pressure Bill had on him on that time. He's got this running through his mind, knowing that if it fails, yeah, this is not going to be good. He's got Scott Pioli in his ear saying, if this doesn't work, Bill, we know how this story is going to go. And honestly, it nearly did. Robert Kraft comes back in and recalls a beleaguered but angry Drew Bledsoe coming into his office and discussing what his future options were. And Robert Kraft did tell Drew, I can go to Bill. I can tell him to reconsider. But if he decides not to, this is not something that's going to be in either of our best interests. Ultimately, folks, cooler heads prevailed. Brady remained in. Bledsoe remained behind the scenes. And I'll always commend him for the professionalism he showed during that period. But bottom line, this signified that Belichick's decision was ushering the franchise into a new era. So in the final analysis of this episode, I think non-Patriots fans may find it a little anticlimactic, but I think Patriots fans are going to find out that this episode is best defined by its demonstration of determination in the face of adversity. Whether it be Robert Kraft purchasing the team against all odds, keeping them here in New England, and forging forward and building a dynasty. Bill Belichick's determination, his intelligence, his foresight to be able to see what Tom Brady had, and sticking to his intuition, sticking to his convictions, and making sure that this franchise was going to be everything it needed to be. And of course, Tom Brady's perseverance on the field, going from a sixth-round draft pick to starting quarterback of the eventual Super Bowl champions. Yeah, folks, it really is a riveting story, and it was only just beginning because the way this episode sets up the next one, you start to see these three individuals coming together and embarking on a journey which Patriots fans can only describe as magical. And folks, that magic begins to show itself in the next episode, and when we return, my thoughts and insight on the Snowball, episode two of the Dynasty, when this episode of the Lockdown Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, what a football game that was on Sunday. From overtime to the game-winning drive, gotta give a tip of the cap to the back-to-back champs. But if all of us New Englanders are being honest, the commercials stole the show, am I right? Especially that one with a certain greatest of all time and a couple of legendary actors wearing orange tracksuits. Yeah, couldn't get enough of that one. But DoorDash went all out for game day as well. And they DoorDash stuff from all the ads to one lucky winner. Cars, snacks, you name it, they did it. And somehow, they pulled it off. I'm a little bummed that I didn't win, but I gotta hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for all of your everyday needs, from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Whatever watch party or anything party you've got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. Hop on the app and make your day a little easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or consolation prize for all of us here lamenting the days of the dynasty in New England. You can do it all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app and get everything you need delivered. 
Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining us here today on Locked on Patriots, providing my thoughts on episode one and episode two of the Dynasty, a 10-part docuseries, both episodes available right now on Apple TV+. And folks here on Locked on Patriots, we are just getting started. My reaction today will be followed up by our good friend Thomas Murphy dropping by and giving his two cents on the Dynasty. But we're not going to stop there, folks. We're going to talk about how the Patriots are trying to build a new Dynasty. Yeah, I know. That's going to take some time, folks. But have faith. I think the Patriots are starting to put the pieces together to be able to do just that. We're going to talk some coaching staff, some drafts, some free agency. Don't miss it. Thomas Murphy will join me here to close the week in style, as he always does, right here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. But while episode one, titled The Backup Plan, may have provided the groundbreaking for the Patriots' historic run of success, the second installment, titled The Snowball, laid its foundation. And even though the vast majority of the NFL universe is always going to derisively refer to January 19th, 2022, that was the night of the Patriots' divisional round matchup with the Oakland Raiders at the old Foxborough Stadium, they'll call it the tuck rule game, Patriots Nation is always going to remember that moment as the snowball. And it began a two-decade love affair between the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots and all of their legions of fans out there. And I was very impressed with the imagery, with the cinematography of this episode, probably because a good amount of the screen time has falling snow in the background. Whether it be game footage from the Pats Raiders game or Patriots football operations director, yes, that's right, the mystery man himself, Ernie Adams, cleaning off his car in the snow, I'll get to more of that in a minute, it really was a prevailing theme. And I think Matthew did a great job with sprinkling in the importance of snow, especially in this area, to that night. But before we arrived in Foxborough Stadium for that playoff game, there was still six games to be played. And at 5-5, five and five, the Patriots' season wasn't just teetering on the brink of failure, but Bill Belichick and his staff were potentially facing the equivalent of football extinction. Don't forget, Belichick's decision wasn't only confusing to the fans and the media. It drew the ire of Drew Bledsoe, and it also put him in the crosshairs of team owner Robert Kraft. And you can start to see the elements of these two alpha personalities clashing a little bit, even in the early days. And Robert gave his feelings on that game. And he says, quote, I felt like Bill had let us down. Of course, meaning the decision to start Brady over Bledsoe and the Patriots 24-17 loss to the St. Louis Rams in Week 10. He continued on to say, quote, I had people on my case about how bad my judgment was for not starting a guy like Drew Bledsoe. They were calling me insane. And I'm sure this probably was the case. He probably had people around him saying they lost that game. Bledsoe would have won it. Brady threw two interceptions. There were a lot of seedlings dropped that showed that maybe Bill Belichick had overplayed his hand. Also, context, folks. I think it's important to remember that things that aren't shared in this documentary is that St. Louis Rams coach Mike Martz took the podium after this game and said that he believed the Patriots were a Super Bowl caliber team. This was the defending Super Bowl champion in the Rams, and the Patriots nearly had opportunities to win this game on numerous occasions. So you look for moral victories. A lot of people look at this game as the turning point. I still think it should be looked at that way. And because of that, Bill Belichick remains steadfast in his faith. And this was in a largely unproven rookie at the time. As I said before, he wasn't Tom Brady yet. He was kind of just Tom. And I say that stealing that quote from Ty Law. And this, to me, is where you start seeing the advent of the relationship between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. These two guys pushed each other to make each other better. 
several members of the Patriots coaching staff, including Ernie Adams and including Scott Pioli, said that long before Bledsoe's injury, they started to see the alarming trends in his game, holding on to the ball a little bit too long, taking unnecessary hits, and then, in an effort to try to avoid them, attempting to avoid contact completely. As a matter of fact, Ernie Adams once said, it almost looked at times like Bledsoe was a wildebeest trying to evade an attack. You put that in contrast with Tom Brady's crisp field vision, his accuracy, and it seems evident from the advent of his pro career, the Patriots coaching staff knew they had something special in Tom Brady. For all of the hits he's taking right now as to how he's portrayed in this documentary, absolutely gave a lot of credit to Tom Brady for being someone that made him a better coach. He said seeing the game through the quarterback's eyes, understanding what he saw, helped make me a better coach. I found myself arriving earlier and earlier to work each day to match Tom's level of preparation. This is a second-year quarterback, folks. This is a guy who really hadn't played a meaningful pro-level snap prior to Bledsoe's injury. So to me, this is a great piece of insight into Tom Brady's work ethic and his ability to rise above adversity. And I also think it speaks very well about Belichick's confidence in him. And one of the reasons why Belichick was so confident in him is because a lot of the people around him shared that confidence, including the elusive, enigmatic Ernie Adams, who actually sat down for an interview and I think really stole the show in this episode. A lot of people talk about Ernie as someone who's worked in the shadows. We've even talked about it here on these airwaves on Locked On Patriots about whether or not we even believed Ernie Adams was real. But I assure you, folks, he is very real. And he did talk about some of the regression that Drew Bledsoe saw in the latter part of his Patriots tenure. And as Matthew said when he was a guest here earlier this week, he even indulged the filmmakers by recreating his commute from his home to Foxborough Stadium. And as luck would have it, when they shot it, snowflakes fall, just as they did on January 19th. And even though Ernie might have stolen the show a little bit with some of his quips and some of his insight, Let's face it, folks, the episode was titled The Snowball for a reason. And really, this one had all the elements of a folk hero story. The final game in Foxborough Stadium. The stadium being set for demolition at season's end, so everyone knew going in this was the final game in that building. Patriots and Raiders trying to fight through the elements, trailing 13-3 in the fourth quarter, and then you start to see Tom Brady come alive. Leads the Patriots on a 10-play, 67-yard drive in the fourth quarter, driving snow, didn't stop Tom Brady. He completed nine consecutive passes, 61 yards, and he finished it with a six-yard touchdown run with 7.57 left. That made the score 13-10. We all remember the image of Brady spiking the ball and falling over. You start to see the type of quarterback the Patriots have in Tom Brady and the guy that would end up being the greatest to ever put on shoulder pads. And yes, to indulge our Raider brethren listening to this, there is the mention of what happened with less than two minutes remaining. Folks, we've gone over this several times. What we know for a fact is Brady was hit during his pass attempt on the right side by Charles Woodson. Ball comes loose, recovered by the Raiders. Most of us thought, including Brady, by the way, and I'll get into that in just a moment as well, believed that he was tucking the ball back towards his body, but the officials were unable to definitively rule whether or not Brady's arm was moving forward at the time. Well, the rest, as they say, is history. It was ruled an incomplete pass. Tom Brady and the Patriots get new life, and they make the most of it. And Brady actually addresses this. He hit it head on with a very candid, and by the way, a pretty funny quote, saying, it felt like a fumble to me. It looked like a fumble to basically everyone else, except that's not the way the rule was written. And then Tom shrugs and smiles and says, we didn't write that 
bleeping rule. <laughs> yeah, folks, if you want the uncensored quote for that, you're going to have to watch this episode on Apple TV+. But that reversal of fortune led to the night's crescendo, and it led to one of the greatest moments in Boston sports history. Adam Vinatieri hitting a game-tying 45-yard field goal through the snow-covered night sky. I know, folks, I'm taking a little literary license here, but we're all in the fields watching this, and I know you will be too if you haven't watched it yet. Gets the kick to tie the game with 27 seconds remaining, and whether you loved it or you hated it, most people will concede that it is one of the most difficult kicks to make in NFL history. Once the Patriots get into overtime, Vinatieri again delivers in the clutch by connecting on a 23-yarder to send New England to the AFC Championship game and Foxborough Stadium off into the annals of immortality. And I don't think this episode can be summed up any better than a quote from the great Ty Law, who, again, really provides a lot of comic relief in this. Ty is great, and I can't understand why he's not on TV more. But bottom line, folks, when Ty says, thank God for Adam Vinatieri, they should bronze that man's foot place it on the hood of everyone's car like a Rolls Royce. Amen, Ty. I agree with you 100% on that. But little did Ty Law and his teammates realize that the true wild ride was only just beginning. And folks, that ride will continue on February 23rd when Borrowed Time, the next installment of the Dynasty, will drop on Apple TV+. But in the meantime, I strongly consider you to watch both episodes and drop some notes in the comments section below. I'd love to hear your reaction. Did something surprise you? Did you learn something you didn't previously know about the New England Patriots? That's what docu-series like this are designed to do. And whether you agree with the point of view, whether you agree with the information that's provided or not, it will definitely get you talking. On that, I think we can all agree that Matthew's great work will continue to do just that. And don't forget, folks, to keep it right here on Locked On Patriots because we will be recapping every episode as it drops. The next recap pod for episode three will not be occurring until February 23rd, but don't forget, later, keep a sharp eye out on your YouTube feeds or on your podcast feeds because Thomas Murphy, the green man himself, is going to be joining us to talk all things New England Patriots and help us close the week in style. But in the meantime, I'm Mike DeBate, and I remind you all to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again shortly with Thomas Murphy on Locked on Patriots.